0: from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com.
1: Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are still doing some theme shows, and today is Faithful Follower Friday. And today we are going to be talking about gluttony. And I know you're thinking... This is dirty pool. Thanksgiving's yesterday, and now you're pulling out the gluttony show. Mm. Man, um, people are still on the catch from tryptophan right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's here's the deal. I I this is my 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 just my confession. I thoroughly love Thanksgiving. Mm. I love the food of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife makes an absolutely amazing stuffing. And I I look forward to it. Because this is the only time of the year that we have it, is Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I, I look forward to it every I'm, year.
0: I'm dehydrated by the time I get to yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving. Exactly. I just need to... i de-hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> I need a few pumpkin pies and apple pies. So
2: we've got stuffing, we've got pies. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food?
3: Uh, stuffing, too. Got an stuffing. old uh, Grammy hanky recipe that we mm. break
1: out and... Does it have the sausage in it? We do sausage, ground beef, ah, yes. green oh, apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, nice. Okay, you're speaking my love language you, Anybody, right here, right here. I can get I can see too. the
2: love across the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, can, what what is yours? Potatoes. Okay, it's. Oh, I man. just. I uh, it it. You could sit just a big bowl of mashed potatoes in front of me. And I'll, just, mm-hmm. I'll be happy. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ah, uh, Cece, and this is why we're talking about gluttony. Oh, yes, right. it's yeah. a. It, it is uh, an issue. I. I was as I was thinking about this, I, I realized that I have never heard a talk or a sermon on gluttony, mm. and I thought, well, that's kind of an odd thing, but I, I believe it to be true. You guys, we did some yeah, stif- we did some work in Proverbs, and so we talked about stewardship of physical body.
2: I've never heard it specifically mentioned that I can remember,
0: other than a yes yeah, Sunday school class going through pro- the book of Proverbs, probably where we would pick that up. It's not a, not a theme that you address very often. We want to be very
1: forthcoming that this is not about guilt. Hmm. So, in all of what we do, guilt is not the the goal that we're shooting for. the The hope is that this will just help us live more faithful lives in the grace that we've received. So,
0: if and we you're- can talk about gluttony in far more broad terms mm-hmm. than simply food, um, because we're cons- there. Are- People who are just simply consumers and just, mm-hmm. just taking things in, and they have no um, self control over that.
2: I think you know it's important to point out new gluttony isn't just <coughs> limited to food intake, and even as this is on the heels of Thanksgiving, I mean we have uh, scripture passages that encourage feast days, and especially that of Thanksgiving and gathering around a table together and having a feast is a perfectly biblical. Thing. It's just uh, if that's your habit every day, that may be taking it too far.
1: In some ways, this is actually more related to Black Friday than Thanksgiving. Mm. The day Mm -hmm. that we have today, in which people are consuming Mm -hmm. things that are beyond what they need. There's an article in Ligonair Ministries Table Talk magazine called Gluttony and Temperance. And I found this to be such a helpful little caveat. He writes, Two mistakes accompany most discussions on gluttony. The first is that it only pertains to those with a less than shapely waistline. The second is that it always involves food. In reality, it can apply to toys, television, entertainment, sex, or relationships. It is about an excess of anything. And and I when I was thinking about this, I realized that gluttony really is just a subcategory under the whole command of self-control. And this mm-hmm. would just be an example of, of not exercising biblical self-control. And if anybody has Proverbs 23 and wants to read just those first five verses, I think this this conversation that, that in Proverbs 23 is helpful with just trying to understand how this is a broader than just food. Yeah, Proverbs
3: 23 from the ESV, When you sit down to eat with a ruler, observe carefully what it is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings, Flying like an eagle toward heaven.
0: I think that the, what it's pointing to there is the fact that there's never enough for a person. That's you know, I think it was Rockefeller was asked how much money is enough, and he said a little more than you have. And there's a certain uh, that's that's what gluttony does. That's what consumerism does. It it forces me to want more and more. In fact, uh, you know, I mean, as a society, we're referred to as consumers you know because and that's the appeal that media makes to us is that this will make you happy if you have this.
3: Yeah, which which is why we would talk about it on a show called The Gospel for Life because at the core the lack of self-control is looking towards something other than Christ for satisfaction and safety. And so that might be as we list it off it could be food, it, it could be pleasure, it, it could be stuff like on Black Friday. It's any time we look to satisfy our soul in some thing or someone other than Christ you're you're on the path toward gluttony
2: mm-hmm. and that idea of self-control I've always been intrigued it's a fruit of the spirit yes you know and it's it's something you know it's self-control you think well that's something that I need to do I need to kind of wrestle my own desires and things like that but really it's a work of the Holy Spirit in a person's heart mm-hmm. that is that the source of that self-control
1: and we're going to swing back to that concept in just a minute because I think it's so important to understand that entity with regard to gluttony, broadly speaking, but I'm going to just maybe reveal my age just slightly here. (laughs) When I was just married um, and you were purchasing items for your home, you knew that you were purchasing items that were supposed to be long-term purchases, like you're buying something that was going to last decades. And what I found now that I have adult children, that there is just uh, a consumer mentality that goes into that you don't buy things that are going to last because you're going to keep turning over your house over so many years. And it's just, it's a, it, I mean, we're talking 30 years and maybe Jonathan can speak to this a little bit more, but like to me, you bought something. Because you're going to have it 30 years down the right. road. That's not mm-hmm. the mentality of
0: today's. S- so, growing adults. up, you know, yeah, my dad would say, buy quality and cry once. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, you would look for uh, the quality in it and whether it was going to last. You wanted to be a steward of what you had so that you could enjoy it in the future.
3: Mm-hmm. Some of this is the way the market's shaped, too. If you yeah. remember, remember the old 80s uh, Maytag. Uh, commercials and no sponsorship implied or included. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the the joke was that the Maytag repairman was always out of work because their appliances were built to last, but that's, that's not oh, it. Now you're way.
1: using Ford's slogan, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. it all messed up,
3: yeah. uh, but now there's built in obsolescence into the marketplace to feed into the culture. And so this becomes this perpetual cycle of, you know, you're going to buy something, you're going to use it until it, it breaks or is uh, obsolete. And then it's meant to be replaced so that we become dependent upon the market to meet that soul satisfying desires we have.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So just a couple questions. First, how do we recognize gluttony? What are some ways in which we can self-examine and say, you know what? I, I actually think this might be something I need to be concerned about.
0: Well, I think, I think that uh, gluttony is a form of idolatry. And uh, the, the idea that uh, I have to have this in order to be happy. And uh, you know, there are many you know whether it's whether it's a thing, a purchase, or whatever. I mean, it's, I, you know, I can remember years ago, Thanksgiving meals with the uh, extended family, where you know what the, somebody would pull out the newspaper after the meal, and they would be marking where they were going to shop the next day. It was they had to have something, and so they went to go out and find where that best deal was.
3: I think you uh, might begin with identifying a, a clear understanding of what needs are versus wants so if we Mm -hmm. come back to the table talk article and if we think of gluttony as an excess of anything if we can identify our needs understand where and how those needs are met and then recognize where our wants align with godly stewardship and then begin to count where where is there an excess in my life and Mm -hmm. that that can give you some some broad categories to inspect and pray and lift up before the lord and see if you're living a gluttonous lifestyle in one of those areas
2: I think one of the, the the tool to combat it would be uh, contentment. You know, yeah. Paul writes in Philippians 4, beginning in verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. And then he says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So especially that last verse is, it's not for your workout and trying to get a new PR. You know, it's to be content in life in whatever circumstance and situation. And that really combats that spirit of gluttony, of always wanting more.
3: I think contentment begins (coughs) with uh, a trust or submission to God's design and distribution Mm -hmm. of things, Mm -hmm. and then to begin to delight in that. Discontentment which is rooted in the garden and mm. the argument Satan makes, right? Uh, you, you're missing out, uh, begins with a lack of trust in God and then a lack, so lack of submission and the lack of delighting in the boundaries that he set for our life.
2: Mm.
1: I, I came across this quote where the person wrote, so how do you fight the battle against gluttony? I think it must be fought mainly not with the word no, but with the alternative yes. So what what do you, what's being said here? Again, I think it's taking stock into what God has distributed to us and
3: and given to us and and understanding even even Ephesians 1. We have every single spiritual blessing in Christ given Mm -hmm. to us, which means there is nothing we lack. Whatever the world is promising you, it's finding the lie within that, Mm -hmm. that that whatever piece of joy or or happiness that they're promising, you've already received that in Christ. And so it's coming to dwell on that. Not, again, white-knuckling it and saying no, but delighting in God's fatherly design and distribution of all things.
0: Mm -hmm. And and. To that quote, what are you saying yes to? Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know you you have that's the self control element. Mm-hmm. I'm saying yes to this. I'm saying no to that. Anytime you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's desiring the better thing. It's desiring uh, you know what. You know, First Peter says that uh, you know He has given to us everything that we need for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray for our daily bread. We are not praying for something way off into the future. We're praying for the immediate need, as uh, as Vinny was saying. It's what it's the difference between a need and a want.
2: Yeah, and it, it's it's not. I mean, we're not going to fight it and get rid of the desire just by constantly telling ourselves, "No, you don't need that. No, you don't need that." But instead of just saying no. The positive aspect of turning your gaze to something else and saying, looking at the yes and amen that we have in Christ, that's been referenced already. I mean, we've been given so much by God. Uh, do we really need such and such or an excess of it?
0: Yeah, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You, what it does is it resets the desire in the proper place.
1: i going, swinging way back to what Ryan was saying earlier. This is the fruit of the spirit. Well, how does the spirit work? The spirit works in alliance with the word Mm -hmm. and so as we if we are walking and keeping in step with the spirit what that means is that we're filling our hearts and minds with the truths of the word of god Mm -hmm. which really are pointing us to the fullness that we have as vinnie was saying in christ and it's that that pushes out these lesser desires and and wants and 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 whatever and then we can find our satisfaction then in in christ Mm -hmm. well you've been listening to the gospel for life we'll see you next time